0: following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrum and
1: Stank! Bang, bang, what is up you guys? Welcome to episode 25 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrum. And this is Stank. Stank, uh, you look like you're in pain right now.
2: Oh, beauty is pain, they say.
1: So for right. so we are recording this uh, mere hours before we leave to Miami for the Chris Jericho Rock and Roll Rager at C two, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty big mouthful. The Chris Jericho cruise we're going on the Jericho second cruise, one, yeah. the Jericho cruise, and uh, Young David here got himself a, a nice fresh haircut. And oh, why so don't why don't you explain to the people at home uh, what I walked into?
2: Well, so. Last year, I thought I was going to do something pretty interesting with my hair, and it's something I always wanted to do. I ended up getting cornrows, which was maybe a little bit of a mistake. Um, they looked great. They looked great. They didn't feel great. Everyone was all the all the ladies I consulted said, "Oh, your hair's going to hurt. Your scalp is going to be pulled in all different directions." And I just kept thinking, you know, if Kim Kardashian can do it, surely I can. But
1: you are the Kim Kardashian of pro wrestling. Days. I like
2: to think that. Um, but no, I get, I got on the boat and it was, it was
1: so painful.
2: I ended up clipping out all my braids and then I ended up shaving my head. Right. But that kind of set a precedent where now everyone is going to expect me to show up at the airport in a ridiculous hairdo that I don't normally wear. So we went, uh, we went for a couple different looks, you know, prototypes we were talking about jerry curl we were talking about uh perms and then we settled on mullet and so what i wanted to do was get an action mullet which i think i've got right now
1: it's a pretty sweet looking mullet like i walked in and i was like amazing i've got the
2: sides shaved i've got the lines carved in it and i thought you know it looks nice but what would take it to the next level would be uh frosted streaks through it So Birdo came in. He came over to Stankonia here, and uh, I had a a frosting cap on my head. And it's this, like, plastic cap, and then you got to pull strands of hair out, and then they bleach it. But anyone that knows me knows my head is ginormous. So this cap was very ill-fitting, and we just weren't getting great hair. So uh, we're still debating whether we're going to frost the tips now. We might start over. We might just...
1: Go as is. As in, you look like you're in so much pain. Oh, I there was so
2: much ripping.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kept saying there was so much ripping, and it was funny because you'd grab random strands of hair, and you're like, "There's nothing here," but there would be bigger ones. Yeah, and then the ones where you're like, "This hurts so much. That's so much hair." Was like, t- yeah, a tiny little strand. Oh. Uh, but like you said, pain is beauty. Yeah, and uh, welcome all loose new listeners, and uh, yeah. thank you to all old listeners. There's plenty of stories like that about the uh, the hijinks that David and I get to. Um, as we mentioned, this is the 25th episode, which is the yeah. milestone for us. Yeah, 25th anniversary edition. 25th. And it's not like that WWE, like, Oh, the 25th anniversary, but it's actually that because people forget we have an episode of zero. That's true. So this is technically our our 25th anniversary, but, uh, yeah, this is a bigger episode. You know, yeah. we, I imagine we have a lot more listeners because, uh, our guest this week is one Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Oh, who's beautiful. One of our favorites. Oh, like, it was so, so I, we got into it a little bit on the podcast, but like, it was it's just so crazy to me, so surreal to me. Um, that in the short time that we've been doing this, that we've been able to talk to, well, I, I talked to Kevin Smith. Yeah. But Kevin Smith and Cole Cabana, who were like the people that got me into podcasting. Yeah. Like, you know, short of like have, short of them and Joe Rogan, you know, it's almost uh, the infinity gauntlet. Yeah. When it comes complete, to like,
2: like the pioneers first off of regular podcasting kevin smith was one of the first exactly uh and then you know now he's i mean most people think of him as like the smodco guy Mm -hmm. you know and then when it comes to wrestling podcasts colt was one of the
1: first and one of the best yeah you know now everyone has the interview style format that they sort of borrowed have borrowed from colt and he's kind of straight away from that you hear him talk about you know he's he's bringing it back this week you know he talked about it on his show he talked about it with marty and sarah he was on marty and sarah's show as well and it was uh
2: there was was some overlap
1: there was some overlap yeah i was like oh man cabana hitting all the all the fun uh chicago podcasts this week uh yeah it was just it was fun it was fun getting to talk to him and like i could listening back to it so I mentioned the other day with my buddy Braden, Braden Harrington of the Up Next podcast, who's Friends a of show. friend of the show, who's instrumentals you hear at the beginning of the show, along with Sarah Joy Shockey's beautiful vocals. But I was talking to him. We're just general, just talking. And I was like, man, we need to, the next time we're together in the same city, we need to record again because I feel like I've gotten like a lot better as a podcaster sure. since i feel like we both have we're a lot
2: more comfortable
1: yeah you listen to that first episode zero and it's like hello this is uh scrum um this is scrum instinct but no yeah like I, f- I feel like we've both gotten way more comfortable it's a lot more relaxed like obviously when we have like a little bit more high profile guests uh it's a little bit more nerve-wracking like yeah you know the episode with cabana was a lot of just like ah, uh, fuck, like, don't say anything st- Like, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah. don't say anything stupid. Don't well, say anything stupid. especially
2: with Colt, he just doesn't do everyone's podcast. I mean, he, he touches on it during the interview, but, like, you know, since he is, like, the one of the godfathers of wrestling podcasts, he gets asked on a lot of shows. So he was a big get for us. And so it was a good interview, though.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. And, like, I so touching on, like, oh, Getting to see someone. I mean, we seek a band every now and then, but another, I got to see someone else who was like a really big influence in me, especially when I was younger, which was uh, Atmosphere. We recorded with him the day of the Atmosphere concert and fuck, it was so much fun. Like, I, I love Atmosphere. Uh, I got, I probably had into like listening to podcasts and Cole around the same time Is uh, going to see Atmosphere. And he's your brother's favorite artist. I remember him mentioning once. Uh, but, yeah, it was like really cool. I I did this thing where I showed up. I didn't like I didn't see the openers. I saw maybe a little bit of like the second opener. Yeah. And prior years, I've like I would get to the arena or the the venue like 2 3 hours earlier just because I'm like I want to be front row. Like I right. got to be there front row. But like I'm older now and I'm just like I don't I don't really care. Yeah. But it was also at the Metro. Have you been there before? No. It's, it's like a smaller venue but Everything looks good. Everything looks nice. Um, And so even though I was, like, stuck in the back, it was still, like, a pretty good view of everything. Yeah. And it was, like, at the end of the night, I was just like, fuck, man. Like, I love atmosphere. I also bought... I bought myself a sweater. Did you?
2: How much was it?
1: It was, like, $50. How much was it or how much should it have been? Because... You know we know how uh, we know some trade secrets, so I know how much it should have been. Yeah, we know how much those things cost. Yeah, well, it's just like funny too because I go up to the guy and I'm like, Oh, the, the merch guy, and I'm like, Are those uh, unisex or like fitted sweaters? And he looks at me and just goes, I don't know, man, they're fucking sweaters. Like, and I could have been a smartest and been like, There's five items there, you should know everything about those. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, definitely not. Like, you should know everything about those five items that you're selling, but I mean, hey. Semantics, you know. Yeah. I, I wasn't gonna fucking sit there and fight with the dude and right. argue with the dude. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun, and uh, it was just kind of like a nice theme for the week. Like cabana you we know, all get yep. to record with cabana one day, and then I go to see Atmosphere in concert. I was afraid I was going to run into an ex girlfriend there.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've been doing that a lot lately.
1: Yeah, I've been. Mean, I don't know what it is, you know. It's, <laughs> a, it's just a theme, you know. Chicago, as big of a city as it is.
2: Still pretty small. Still pretty small. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's the day before the cruise essentially that we leave and I'm pretty excited. We had fun last year and yeah. we talked about how next week's episode is going to be a nice little like vlog style episode.
2: Yeah, we're, we're going to do a little freestyling on the boat. You know, Hopefully we'll get a lot of little uh, interactions with the people on there. Um, I hear we have a great story that I'm not going to spoil but
1: oh yeah so next week i'm um, we're, we're gonna start it off with a bang we're gonna start off with a bang so uh the idea behind this episode was well we'll just talk a little bit with everybody you know as the cruise goes try to get ryan on there yeah i mean
2: we'll get him all liquored up
1: yeah so for those of you unaware if this is your first time listening uh ryan barkin ceo founder whatever of pro wrestling tees when we came to him with this idea and we touch on it on, on the episode but uh, he said he would not be on the show, not to ask him. Yeah. So, of course. That was, like, his one condition. His one condition, along with, like, two other ones. But yeah. We are like, okay, so you're on episode 100 then. So, he has agreed to be on episode 100, which is, like, tentative, tentatively scheduled for, um, what was it? Like. I don't remember. I think it was like June, and no, I was like July, July something, twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah, partially because I think he doesn't think we were gonna make it that far, but we got a few episodes under our belt and uh, we're chugging right along. I mean, we're twenty five percent of the way through. Well, twenty four percent.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, twenty five.
2: Yeah, we're a quarter of the way through. So,
1: no sweat. Yeah, no sweat. I'm. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll get there. Like I mentioned, we have some we have some fun yep. guests lined up for the cruise that we've some surprises. Yeah, I mean we don't want to say who because you know it's it's always easy to like oh yeah we you know we're gonna talk to so and so and so and so, which is what we didn't do prior to all in because prior to all in like we were supposed to interview Cody, the yeah. Bucks, and Kenny, just, Marty Skrull,
2: and they they were all lined up ready to go and just you know it was a big weekend. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of commitments and then. You know, between that and StarCast, overlapping stuff, just the time was so bad and we didn't want to be the reason they were late for stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we don't want to over-promise, under-deliver.
1: Yeah, so we've tried not to do that with this. That's why, like, we may you know yeah. Colt was a busy guy. We weren't, it wasn't even until day of that we got, like, yeah confirmation that, like, okay, we were going to record with him. But, yeah, we have some pretty guests, some pretty fun guests lined up, but none funner than Colt Cabana. All right, this interview was really fun, and we'll uh, we'll just stop beating around the bush and get to this week's episode with none other than Colt Boom Boom Cabana. So I can talk about with uh, with my origin story here at Pro Wrestling Tees. It's uh two people that factor largely into me working here and uh, doing this silly little show. One was uh, Marty Derosa, just always being generous and saying, "Hey." they're hiring for this do you know how to do this and i would go nope don't know how to do that at all and you go all right and when the time came that they were hiring for someone to sit at the front and answer phones uh i was like perfect i can do that i'm on my phone all day anyway and through just being a fan of this guy and giving him free movie tickets that just happened to show up at my doorstep totally didn't just you know i don't know how i came upon them they just showed up and i was like hey cabana you, you like movies here you go you can have them and like that spawned like a weird relationship where i was like oh i discovered independent wrestling through this guy because i didn't know that there were in any like non-wwe like tna shows and i was like what i'm like there's wrestling right like right over at the logan square auditorium and what and i would go and i was like holy shit it just opened up like a whole new world uh and then, like, even when, like, Pro Wrestling Tease was about to start, there was, like, a specific email from Ryan where he was like, hey, because uh, there was one pay-per-view I was at, I think it was, like, Extreme Rules, where I sat, like, second or third row, and I had a giant Colt Cabana shirt that was, like, custom-made, and Ryan's like, hey, we're, uh, we're working on this project, uh, could we use that design for this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And, like, months later, Pro Wrestling Tease is up, Um but, yeah, let's just let's get right to it. Our guest this week Let's is, get
0: right to it. Let's get... It's, it's cold our two-minute ramble.
1: Yeah, Jeez. jump into it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I tend to just, like, ramble a lot in here. Ugh, I was, the ramble cast. It is the ramble. Well, it's always funny, too, because we talk about how, like, it's the pro wrestling T-cast, PWT cast, and, like, we don't really talk that much wrestling. Very
0: seldom. You don't talk wrestling?
1: You don't talk T-shirts? Do you talk T-shirts, at least? We talk, very seldom. Yeah. No, no, we talk T-shirts. Well, Sometimes. Yeah, but, like, like, we had Effie on, and Effie's the most amazing person yeah. ever. Like, we. What am I, chop liver? Well, You are too. I just spent like two minutes hyping you Ugh, up. Yeah,
0: but you said he was the most amazing person. Well,
1: listen, Effie doesn't have billboards of him across town. Well, then he
2: don't true. say he's the most amazing person. Yeah, you and Brian Erlacher are fighting each other for the most billboards That's in right. Chicago. That's
0: right. I used to have a joke that it was between me and Man Cow, and every time one-hour teas would put up a, a billboard of me, it was like a good thing for the city because we would take one down of Man Cow. Um, but now it's between me and Urlacher. Yeah. Who do you think has more hair? Oh,
1: definitely, definitely you. you. Beautiful you. hair. And it well, looks look, so nice. This is
0: real. Well,
1: yeah. It's funny because you, you replaced Ryan's wife. Ryan's wife used to be up on all the billboards. It was like a drawing of her, like a cartoon drawing of her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Command. I think what was cool is don't, they don't have them anymore. Was if you used to go to the movie theater over on like Western Logan, you just hear, hey, I'm Cole Cabana. Like, go over to One Hour teas. I remember when that happened. I was like, what the
0: fuck? Yeah, I did a voiceover for it and I had to edit it down. I remember he's like, Ryan was like, Hey, we need audio of you like promoting one hour teas. It's got to be like nine seconds. <laughs> and I was like thinking about like, okay, I have got to get over myself. I got to get over. I'm a wrestler. I got to get over. I'm world traveled. And then also like, I guess talk
1: about one hour tees. How how often do people recognize you from the billboards?
0: Um, I don't know. Here and there. Um, you know what's ha- what's happened a lot is like at the airport. Is if I don't wear a hat, people seem to recognize me a lot. And the problem is, is I always wear a hat. And then I've realized, like, once I take it off, like, people will always come up to me and be like, oh, man, it's happened to me a lot, like, as I don't wear a hat. So I think that's my problem, is I wear a hat a lot.
1: <laughs> I remember, like, on an episode of uh, Wrestling with Depression with Marty DeRosa, a friend of the show, it was him and Dan Friesen, and they were talking about, like, the billboards all around town with you on them. And they mentioned, like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if there was someone who, reco- like, a woman that recognized you and just, like, every time she drove by, she would look at the billboard and just be like, ugh. And I remember it happened to me one time because I remember I, like, texted Marty about it. Whereas, like, when I was working at Cole's and I had, like, one of your pins where it's just the classic Cabana pose on there. And just some lady, like, I don't know, processing a return or something. Because that's what I did there. And she just looks down at my lapel and goes, oh, Cole Cabana. <laughs> that guy. And I was like, oh, you know him? And she goes, yeah. And just, like, grabs her stuff and walks away. And I was like. What the fuck? I was like, what's this fucking lady's problem? In the biblical sense, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but the best part is like there there was that like uh one RT billboard right there, so even as she like drove out, she, she had, to had see you she watching. had to see it again. And she was like, I can't fucking escape Colt well, Cabana.
2: You recently just got a complaint. I heard that uh your your physique mm-hmm. was not a realistic depiction of how a man could be and that uh it was just an unattainable goal. And
0: she and then this woman would not would not uh, purchase anything from One Hour Tees anymore. Yeah. That, was, that was what I was told. And then I, I, right away, Ryan sent that to me. And at first, like the way my brain and heart works, I was like, oh no, Ryan's mad at me. Uh, he's gonna take down all the, the billboards. I'm not gonna be able to be a billboard guy anymore. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Ryan's a maniac. He probably loves this. Yeah. And of course he did. Uh, and he, yeah. And so I was like, oh, can I tweet this? And he's like, yeah. And then it got a lot of traction on Twitter actually.
1: Which is like a funny thing that, Unless you know Ryan, like, you don't really understand that. Because I think the three of us here can talk about, like, very much in depth how misleading his, like, text messages can be sometimes. Because you can interpret it so many ways. Like, he like, earlier today, he, like, sent me an email for, like, some word I need to get together. And I just I stood there and I was like, somebody else fucking read this thing. I'm like, I, I don't understand what it is that he's saying. And then he's the kind of person where you bring it up to him. And, like, me and his mom, Gail, we were talking about it earlier, too. Where you like bring up what he said and he's like, yo, this is exactly what this means in his own like kind of convoluted way.
0: Well, I don't know if it's still up, but one of the original One Hour T's uh, FAQ site, like Frequently Asked Questions, Mm. was basically like, hey, can I have this? And his answer would be like, no, fuck off. Like that was on the Frequently Asked Questions on the
2: website. I don't know if it's still like that. Constantly we'll have people come in and say, I I don't know what's up with Ryan. I don't think he likes me very much. He's just very stoic and... And, well,
0: but also his stuff, uh, his writing and online stuff is very sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, or there's like a, a, a like an evil wit to it, yeah. uh, which if you know him, it's it's wonderful. Um, and if you don't, you know you're like what I think you're like either like this is the funniest awesome business or there's the people who have no sense of humor and will be very turned off like to it, very we'll, offended.
1: Right. See, it's yeah. very much like calm down since i think i don't know he's had kids probably mm. like he's much more like
0: and he's been through the battlefields of like all of these christmas sales and like yeah. you just realize mm-hmm. like there's no point of really getting stressed over it like either it happens or doesn't yeah. and you just move on to the next day
1: see but i remember my first week working working here I was at the old store there was like some customer who uh you know maggie who works here she's like our. Customer she works service. here because of me she works here because of you mm-hmm. she was well, a fan of mine funny enough i was gonna bring that up when you did the there's a picture of uh yeah, the first like yeah. podcast and i'm right there i'm like right next to her it's like you know who would funk it like you know in a few years we're like working right next to each other but it was like first weekend she's like the sweetest person mm-hmm. ever like literally like nice one of the nicest person ever and it's, like some customers just being like a total dick to like to maggie of all people and ryan comes out of his office and he's like what's the problem the guy's like, oh, Maggie, blah, blah, blah. He's just swearing and cursing him a storm. He's like, oh, she's a bitch. He's like, oh, she's a bitch. Cool. Grabs the man's order right off the counter and just <laughs> throws it outside. It's like raining too. And he's like, what the fuck, man? And like at this point, like Chris and Frank and all the other printers just come out the back. And like when you see Frank, it's you're not going to want to fuck with this guy. And he's like, get the fuck out of my store, dude. He goes, don't ever talk to my employees like that. And just walks back to his office. And the guy kind of just stands around as if we're going to be like, Oh, sorry, sir. Let us get that reprinted for you. And he just like stands around, looks at us. And we're like, yeah, like what did Maggie do? Did she love it? <laughs> yeah. Maggie was like, Ryan, you didn't have to do that. And he was just like, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> but it's like, he's such like a, he's so generous. Yeah. He's very generous. Very like, he's very down for his yeah. people. So. Which like, I mean, how many, you, I mean, how many jobs did you have? You guys had where like, I mean, you can see how he treats us. Like he'll, we went on the Jericho cruise two years ago and he, he was his dad. He, he was him and, like, his, like, 12 kids just walking around taking care of all of us. And, like, I don't know too many people that own their own or who run a business who are just like, yeah, come on, guys. Let's all go on this vacation and... and
2: Let's go to nice restaurants and hang out with uh, wrestlers all day.
1: You know? Sorry. Yeah, yeah the business is... is no, the business is... His
0: business is, is going really well. He's been afforded to do that. And then when that happens, uh, it's kind of like you could tell if someone like what kind of person they really are and so you know you really and i do think that with with money too money and fame like when people get money and fame and then you see who they are as a real person it really comes out and you can tell with ryan uh although he's hid from the fame uh Mm -hmm. although i wasn't impressed how much he talked on that documentary um or that even wanted to do it but with with money and quasi and youtube uh wrestling notoriety fame he's you know he's just been the person he's always been, and now he seems to be a little more generous.
1: With though. how reserved he is, is that why like you never had him on like the older art of wrestling? Oh, he didn't
0: want to talk. He wouldn't oh, even talk
2: to me. He he asked. He said, "Tell Cabana that he's wondering why you never had him on the podcast." Uh, well, first
0: of all, I didn't even listen to that Jericho episode. I imagine it could It's not even listenable. <laughs> I don't know. You you can give me the review of it right now if you want to. Um,
1: it was. Yeah, he,
0: I don't know. I just we started a store and then. I met Cabana, and then I was like, "Oh, wrestling." Well, the, the, the funny thing is, I any, like Stone Cold.
2: Anytime he does stuff like that, he'll leave and be like, "Oh God, I, I hope I didn't sound like a fucking idiot the whole time." So he gets really nervous about
1: that. He so. did. Have, the best part is you hear Frank in the background because Frank was there. Like, as much as Frank's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't like wrestling." Like every now and then, he'll just kind of like, oh,
2: "I gotta be there,"
1: and so he was in the background the whole time. And like occasionally, they would ask him questions, and I'm like, "The real, the real fucking like." Juicy part of it would have, been have Frank there, give Frank a live mic because
0: no. Nope. See, you say that, but I very early you could see that Frank's a star in the back when no, when there's no cameras on. But I know this from wrestling. You put a camera on him, he sucks.
1: Really, he's not a star. See, when we had him on here, it was yeah.
2: Like he was he one was, of our first.
1: Yeah, he was one of the first. He was a little bummed out that Marty got on before him, but we're like, it's Marty Rosa, you know. But he. He, yeah, was he was nervous like, very yeah. nervous. He's not meant for Hollywood. And he's then he just warmed meant, up. But yeah, but he definitely like kind of just like warmed up. And nah,
0: was... he's meant for the background. He's meant to. He's the king of his castle. Yeah. But you put a camera on him, he gets a little a little insecure, I think. And and the show isn't as much of the show as as he
1: is. He's a he's show. a very
2: good people person. Like personally, like mm-hmm. when you see him at events, he's always schmoozing with the customers, and they they love him.
1: Well, like me and his wife talk all the time. Like he's he like. He's the king of, like, the misfits. Like, you know, all, like, these people... Like, it explains how we all work as well as we do in the back. Because it is... We're kind of just, like, the cast-offs. Like, we're not pretty enough to work in the front. But, like, we work hard enough to where he can just, like... Occasionally come out of his office and just, like... Hey! Get these fucking shirts printed. And like, okay, boss. But it's, like, very, like, dysfunctional. Like, I... Watching the movie, like, the documentary... There's a lot of times where... And I know it because I'm like... Oh... I remember that there's just like random screaming in the background, like like Matt Nix, you know, friend of the show, former guest on the show. He's just like screaming, like random things in the bag. He's like, "Yeah, Paul, yeah, Paul, yep," and you can't hear it like as loud, you know. Clearly, it's it's not a distraction, but I can hear it, and I'm like, man. At no point did any of us fucking degenerates be like, "Oh, there's a they're filming a movie. We should probably be <laughs> yeah, quiet." Down. Pipe, no, <laughs> no, everyone's just like their own fucking degenerate self, and. Like, for Frank to manage that, especially with, like, Ryan to manage that. Like, Ryan just sits. I think that's how he, like, we just went to this bull riding thing on Sunday. And his oldest son is maybe, like, four. He's just running around just, I don't want to say being a shithead, but this kid is just doing whatever he wants. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, he can handle that because he has... 20 of those dudes at work. Grown up versions. Grown up versions that like not only does he have to put up with that, but like he also has to pay them because they're like doing work for him.
0: So you think he's not paying his kids? I think his kids are going to be working, you
1: know, as (laughs) as soon as they can, they're going to be working for free. They're going to be like, dad, I just want to, I want to go fucking play softball with my friends. To be like, yeah, sure. Do that one hundred next, one hundred shirt next day order first.
2: Right. But no, the best thing is his son. Whenever he comes over, he'll run around with a megaphone saying,
1: "Get to work!" Oh yeah, we, we've taught him now uh to run around with. Who the, got ooh. him a megaphone? Ryan has a megaphone in, in his <laughs> office. You know how that guy's office is. The other day we had a flood here at the shop. Really? Yeah, you didn't hear about this? No. Also, oh, it was yeah. Friday, day of the free line. Was Freaking out! it was the fr- great flood of twenty twenty. Oh. It was insane. You yeah. you
0: guys weren't there for the the fire of uh, fourteen, which I was.
1: Uh, I wasn't there, but we have the picture. commemorating it with, right, with CMT yeah. just looking like he caused the fire, <laughs> which to me, like in an alternate universe, CMT caused that fire, and like you guys just like took the picture. And were like that's ah, all right, it's CMT. But no, there, there was like a flood. Like I, we were at the freelance show, uh, watching the show, getting a, an interview. <laughs> And everyone from work is texting us. They're like, the flood, the the store is flooding. Sending in videos. Yeah, and according to I guess how the story goes, according to Frank, is they were all ready to leave. It was like an early Friday, and then there's this shit water coming up from like the little sewer that we have in the back, and they're running around. By the time I got to the shop, there's, uh, like a some sort of hose like pumping out all the water. The the plumbers there, and they're like, we have no idea what to do. Hey. We have no idea what's going on. And Did Ryan, two of every animal show up. Oh, yeah, just about and a uh, shit rainbow. Yeah, and Ryan's <laughs> like, "Well, guess I have to stay here till seven in the morning, then until the other plumber can come." And We're like, "Haha, no!" But like, really, what are you gonna do? He's like, no, "I'm gonna he sit did. here till yeah." And he sat there till seven in the morning. And me and Frank were like, "Well, fuck, like, we can't leave this guy here alone." So we stayed there with him till about like three three thirty. Is there a makeshift bed here? Uh, he has a couch in his office. Oh, okay, oh, but weird. like at one point, like just coming around to like the random shit he just has in his office he comes out he goes hey these are my throwing knives Do you guys want to just throw them at shit <laughs> and we're like yeah of course man And we're just sitting there like throwing knives and hoping that the fucking store doesn't flood so it's very weird like ryan's a very weird individual like what was it like when you first met him
0: oh i understand i, I think i understood what he was because like you know like we brought this exciting opportunity we talk about in in the movie and like i it it, i could tell like it, it was exciting and it was good for business but he had zero emotion on his face and body but i knew like he had to have been happy because it was pretty cool and in emails he thought it was cool so like right away i could just tell that like his face didn't his face and, and uh, brain didn't transcribe the same way it did in emails or text or whatever. So uh, right away I knew it at at, at uh, face value, just kind of uh, what kind of person he was. And uh, he's always been the same. I always, there's there's this picture that I love that I always, I remember texting it to Kevin uh, Steen slash Owens. And I was like, this sums up Ryan. It's one of my favorite pictures. I, I don't know if you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. It was from the old store. The one um, the one further down on Damon. And all his employees got him. Uh, it was like boss day. Happy. It was like a the bo- What was it? Boss day? Is that what it's called? So, yeah. Like some yeah. sort of like boss day. Yeah. International and, boss day. Right. And then everyone got him balloons. And there was just like balloons of like happy boss day. You're the best. And he just had this picture filled with like balloons and flowers and everything. And the caption's like, I'm so happy. Like everyone got this for me. It makes me so happy. And his face was just stoic. <laughs> and he's just like looks miserable <laughs> he just looks miserable yeah. but you knew like he really meant it and yeah. I was just like oh this is the best and then I, me and Kevin like Steam, I think would trade text back and forth with that like we would make memes out of it mm-hmm. just being like like, oh, hey, look, you just sold a million dollars worth of shirts, and then like that would be his face. That would be his face, or like anything. Like, oh, my my firstborn was born, and then this is your face of just like how happy I am.
1: Yeah, we had a, a Uline representative here maybe like a few months back, and Ryan's like, you take care of all that stuff anyway. Just you fucking talk to her. She's just gonna try and sell me things. <laughs> I'm like, all right, and so we're like, we're she's like walking around the store, and like I, I let her talk. You know, I was a lot of like, oh, you guys could use some more of this. I'm like, yeah, Ryan's a maniac and bought a thousand of them, you know, whatever it is. And she's like, all right, kind of, I'm just humoring her. And so we finally like get back around to the front of the store and I'm like, all right, well, yeah, like I'll, I'll take your card. Um, Send me over like whatever, you know, you were talking about and stuff. And he goes, okay. She goes, is Ryan around? Like I can, I was like, oh, no, he's in a meeting or whatever. She goes, okay. He's kind of robotic and cold, isn't he? And I'm like, well, she goes. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't something mean.
2: You probably shouldn't say. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Trying she, to get this man's yeah. business. Yeah. She's
1: like, I didn't mean. I was like, no, no, no. I'm like, it. It. It's fine. Like, I. I get it. You know, because even with us, like, sometimes we're like, oh, hey, you know, here's this real cool thing we're gonna do, or we'll bring it back to the origins of the podcast. Me and Dave for months were like, oh, fuck, like, we should do this. Let's, planning a pitch meeting. We're like, let's make it as legit as possible. Dave, you know. We did
2: logos. Did all the
1: logos. I contacted Sarah for, like, for music, for vocals, for the music and everything. And we're like, we have all the, all this cool artwork. Like, we go we ahead and bought the equipment and everything. And we're like, all right, hey, Ryan, can we talk to you? And he sees me and Sting, he's like. He's
2: like, what now? He's like,
1: ah, I don't have any money to give you guys. So that's what you want. <laughs> we're like, no, we're not here for raises. We're like, oh, we're thinking about starting a podcast, you know, the, the Pro Wrestling teas podcast. Cool. Yeah, he's like, so, do it. He's like, yeah, do it. We're like, oh.
2: Don't ask me to be on it. Yeah. That, that was his we're, only... We're, we're, like, we're
1: like, is that it? He goes, yeah, why? We're like, oh, we kind of had a whole pitch. And he's like, all right, I, I guess you can finish your pitch if you want, but it's already a yes. And like, I think we still did it. And yeah, he, he had three, three things. He was like, one, don't ask me to be on the podcast, but since the beginning we've been advertising him for episode 100 because yeah
2: he said if you guys can make it to 100 episodes and this isn't like a flash in the pan thing for you i'll be on episode 100 well that's
0: what i say to people that podcast that ask me to be on their podcast i'm like because so many people ask me to be there on podcast yeah. and i'm mm-hmm. just like there and so many people will say like hey i'm starting a podcast we'd be my first guest and i'm like here's the rules do it for two years every single week and be consistent and then maybe i'll think about coming out.
1: Well, so us, we have maybe, a special treat yeah well, in this one. even this is a special episode where a quarter of the way through the ryan episode we got Cole cabana as the 25th episode yeah. but yeah like i mean with us that's like one thing i was talking to uh john pollock and wei ting uh for their like christmas show and they're like oh you you know even podcasting what's one of the the more fun things about it and i was like just sticking with it and just like kind of being consistent like with me and stank we, there was like a few weeks during the sale especially where like we just did not have time to record during the week so we would i would go over to his house on the weekends yeah. and it was just it was like a weekly thing yeah, where i
2: would going bake him some cookies and- yeah
1: drive up to like elgin and just do fucking it was like some episodes we had pre-recorded so we were literally just doing intro outro i drove out there for like 30 minutes but it, it was fun like that's one of yeah. the things it's like it's really fun like same thing when uh you have a car yeah never have a car. Damn. Look oh,
0: yeah. that PWT money. Yeah. yeah,
1: well, that's the thing. Like, I'll always say, like, I'm so grateful, like, I mean, like, you inadvertently helped me get the job from just, like, I guess, I don't know, I, I always tried to, like, not be one of those creepy, like, lingering, like, wrestling fans. Like, I don't know, you and Marty would always, like, sneak me into your uh, live comedy shows. Little...
0: Yeah, I, I, I took to you very early because uh, you were young and, oh, and and there was something about you were, like, my neighbor, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I just thought it was cute, and I thought you were cute, in like a non-pedo <laughs> a non way. Uh, you just had a fun spirit, and I always just remember when I was 16, because I think that's when I probably met you. you uh, 15.
1: 18, at just like eighteen. 18. Yeah. Okay. I just remember when
0: I was that age, like if I had met a wrestler that I knew who they were, like I, I, I understood how important that would be. And so I had that same, you know, with you and other mm-hmm. people along, but especially people who are young and like wrestling, um, it's just easy to just be nice to them. And so obviously it had a, lo- a long effect on it,
1: or so you know, uh, yeah. or whatever. But like I'm like, and I'll also I'll always say, but like thanks to like Coca-Man and Marty just being cool as fuck, like I was able to get this job, and I'm like, oh, I got I'm like a car. Had I, I two, is on my second one. I I up, got two cars. I up, well, no, I upgraded the, oh. the other one that I had, but. Yeah, it's like it's just like it's such a weird like whirlwind of like things. You are making real money, huh? I'm making real money. How old are you? Uh, 26. That's not bad. How old are you? 38. I know you're making money.
0: You're making graphic money. I'm
2: making okay money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not complaining.
0: Do you guys talk? Do you guys in in the store talk about your? Is that a thing? Come on, let's get some scoops.
2: So he's in the back, and then I'm in the PWT room. Does everybody know what everybody makes? Uh, I think we all have a vague idea, <laughs> but like w- what we like doing is comparing our 401ks and seeing like, ah. well, it's really I, nerdy.
1: So like the first because I I was working like up in the front, which was like fine, just answering phones. But I've never been at like I've never just been able to sit at a desk. Like I'm very much like what can I do? I want to just be proactive, which I think that's what Frank saw, which is why he like took me to the back and took me under his wing. And I remember not that year but like the next year after that we were just constantly like working 60 hour work weeks uh like Frank pulled me aside like at the end of the year he goes hey man he goes uh you know how much you made this year I was like no no no." he goes uh well Ryan obviously makes the most money I'm like yeah he goes then I make the most money next you know Frank makes the most money after that I was like okay he goes this year you made the most after me Ooh, and I was like, what? just from overtime. You mean? Yeah. From just from like overtime. And then like every now and then Ryan would throw like a bonus or two at us. And I was like, Wait, what? I was like, are you serious? And then that's when I went and got my car. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I have been saving a ton of money and essentially just been spending it on like traveling to like wrestling shows, which was always like the one thing that like when I first started working here was like the best. Cause especially for like wrestle and stuff, Ryan would be like, Hey, do you, do you want to fly to wrestlecon and just get me all these autographs and I'll, I'll pay for your hotel, and I'll pay oh, for it. And I'm perfect. like, what? I'm like, you're yeah, like, sending all right. Fine. I'm like, yeah. your, your new nickname should be number three. Well, I always say that. I'm the right hand of the right hand. Yeah. The,
0: yeah. <laughs> the right hand's right hand. I like Yeah, it.
1: like when we did the, when they were, did my interview for the movie, uh, Ryan was like, yeah, he goes, I had to cut your fucking thing because when he's like, all right, introduce yourself. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, scrump. I, I do this. I do that. I do that. I do this. Uh. I
0: know. I, di- I directed that. Did he tell you that? Did you? Well, he showed me the long clip and mm-hmm. I was like, This is what you gotta cut. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff. And like I was just like, and Scrump's talking for twenty minutes about who he is. <laughs> He'll cut half all of that. He's like, Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: No, it's fine. Even like Marty was like, Oh, he's like, they didn't even do Scrum, They just did Alberto. He's like, oh, he's like, You're big time in us. But I'm like, no, like it's like it's weird. Like I like there's been a few times you've called me like Alberto, and that's always weird. I always like like when I you introduce yourself as like Scott, I'm like oh, don't well that's that's weird. It's like hearing like your teacher use like their first name or something like that. But even here, like when we first started, the one thing Stank had to address on the podcast. Like, I can't call you Scrump. He's like, I can't call oh, you really? Stank. He's like, I gotta I call you Birdo all the
2: time.
1: Well, I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I have people in my life who like they've either just called me Scrump, Birdo, Albert, like just so many different things that I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll you know, as long as it's not like, hey, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stupid. Well, I mean, there's plenty of times where, like... I've r- called you that before. Yeah, you have. And you've accepted it. There's plenty of times. There was one time where we were in the back, and Ryan's like, hey, stupid, and, like, calling Frank, and then, like, me and, like, three other people yeah. turn around, <laughs> and Gail, who's our HR manager, and Ryan's mom, she's like, you just gonna let that guy call you stupid? I was like, you're HR? Are you gonna fucking let that guy call me stupid? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna bother with him. She, do, do companies have to have an HR? Is that what it is? I don't know. What the fuck is she HR for? I mean...
2: There's a lot of uh, HR I mean, violations I under, going on. I understand why One Hour
0: Tees needs HR yeah. and pro wrestling tees. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't... It just seems like such a small little company, Ricky rigidity company, that they wouldn't be yeah. one. But I guess if mom wants to do it, she could do it. Put what, it on her resume.
1: What was it like meeting his parents? Because I know, like, once you meet his parents, it like a lot of Ryan kind of makes sense, where you're just like, okay. You're like, I kind of get... I kind of get it.
0: Oh, well, I yeah, well, the uh, the dad, had, what was the dad's name? Rick. He's Rick. got a lot of
2: Rick in him. Rick, yeah.
0: But Rick wasn't a, like, when I first started coming around, Gail was always around, so I always knew Gail, and she was sweet. To me, I know what she can be, but she was, you know, I was a nice guy. Um, and then Rick was never around, and then, you know, it was only in the last couple of years that he started, put he put his... His own office in one hour teeth.
1: It was originally Dave's. Yeah, that was my office.
0: He got kicked out for the for the weird stuff. He's got some weird stuff in there
1: too. Yeah, he does weird stuff in there yeah, too. Yeah, a weird guy. Yeah, like he, he comes up to me the other day. He goes, he, he, mind you, he has a Laffy Taffy, the candy in his hand. He goes, hey, check this out. Open his mouth. He's missing a fucking tooth. I was like, what? Well, it's gross. He goes, yeah, I was eating a Laffy Taffy the other day. Cracked my molar. Had to get it taken out. Yikes. I'm like, all right, then what are you fucking doing eating another one? He's like, I don't know, I'll lose another tooth and just walks away, and I'm like, "What? You sound like a sociopath, sir. Like, don't eat that laffy taffy, especially if like you just broke a molar."
2: Yeah, but if, if you see him, he definitely he walks around with that same bravado. Oh, no, nothing, nothing in the eyes. Like he's he's a shark on legs, and then he goes, oh, What's up? What's going on? Cool." And they don't like walk out, and you've had not a meaningful conversation with him. It's just,
1: <laughs> oh, cool. One what of my, my favorite things is seeing him and his brother, him Ryan's brother, Nick, who he'll go to a lot of the wrestling shows. And Nick's favorite thing to do is at some point of the night, he'll like lean over to Ryan. It, mostly like AEW, like Ring of Honor shows. He'll be like, man, so much of this is because of you. He goes, I'm so proud of you, big brother. I love you. Aww. And then Rick will occasionally just like, well, if it wasn't for me, then he wouldn't. Then none of this would be here because uh, Ryan came out of my balls, and because of that, now all of this is here. So you should really be thanking me. And I'm like a hundred percent convinced Nick does that just for that sole purpose <laughs> of like not being genuinely proud of his brother, but instead of just like trying to rile up his gate. dad,
2: take a jab at his father. Yeah, and yeah. his and his father's balls. Speaking of balls, um, I saw that you rang in the new year with a special kiss. Sure did. How'd that, how'd that work out for
0: you? Oh, good. Sold some T-shirts. I yeah. hope. I should have put some dick kisser. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I kissed Joey Ryan. It was midnight. I was wrestling at bar wrestling, and uh, Joey Ryan was in the match along with David Arquette, RJ City, and a couple other guys from Southern California. And uh, you know, my tag team partner essentially was Joey Ryan's penis. I don't. Joey Ryan's not even a wrestler anymore. His penis is the big star. And so, I was. Uh, I thought that that would be the right way to kiss. Uh, get my New Year's kiss would be sweet. Yeah.
1: So you talk about selling t-shirts and we brought it up with Ethan Page where like I see a lot of him at I see a lot of you when he's at the merch table because like whenever when I started going to indie shows like your table to this day always is like the most organized like every you know there's a clear sign there's not like too much stuff because like I've been to shows where there's like 38 by 10s and you're like what?
0: Well, that's a rule I tried to instigate, but no one l- l- learns. Is that now in this day and age where there's so much merchandise? I think if you're a dude, you can only have two eight by tens. Yeah, because otherwise you don't look at any of them. Well, I just, don't, I, it's for table space. Yeah. Like if you're a girl, I get it. Like all these pervs want these eight by tens, they want the pictures. Uh, put out as many pictures as you want. That's what's selling. But if you're a guy, if you're a guy and someone wants your picture, they just want a signed picture of you you don't have to put up seven pictures and then you're taking up all the table space. So uh, I do try to keep it to two. But yes, uh, I mean, I've been merchant for almost 20 years now, so which should be my new T-shirt. So um, I, I have a lot of like nitpicking. There's a lot of stuff that like I'm very, it's very important to me. And it, like it is essentially my business is like going out there and being at the merch stand and trying to sell my stuff. Um, before it was even a thing, you know, it used to be just me And maybe M Dog and maybe Chris Hero at the merch stand. That was it. And now every wrestler is there. So, um, but I am very like uh, nitpicky about how I want my shirts folded, how I want it organized, how I want everything looking. And also, there's proper etiquette. You know, there's been years of people like buy my stuff. Hey, fucker, buy. You know, like those kind of wrestlers or people just being loud or people uh, uh, like upselling or resell. You know, like or, or take. I've seen wrestlers uh if someone wanted a medium they would take a large and then take the tag off and sell them that shirt and say that's a medium so uh, there's been a lot of carniness and i've done some carniness not to that extent but like you know i sold weird stuff uh you know essentially it was a garage sale when i was broke essentially but um you know over the years you learn about it so yeah so i don't know if ethan you know i assume ethan's probably picked up on some of that stuff and
1: he spoke very highly about you and how he learned from you and like When I see other wrestlers kind of follow that same, like you said, a lot of male wrestlers specifically kind of just like follow that format that you like put out. I'm like, man, like it, it does just look a lot better like that. And you mentioned like etiquette too. I've been at shows with you, we're like over by the merch table, and yeah, every time someone comes up, you know, it's oh hi, hello, what's your name? And you start, you just talk to them instead of just what can I get for you? Okay, here you go. Mm -hmm. Because like I very rarely there's been very few wrestlers where i've gotten up there like oh hey hi and they're just like what can i get for you And i'm like oh okay uh this shirt and then you you know you try to talk to them and it's very much just and i don't blame them. maybe hey maybe if there's a lot of people there maybe they just they're not in the mood to
0: yeah but also i'm at a position now where um like i want to i want to make the money but like i always look at it like back when like when i first like quit all of it and just became a wrestler and merchandise was so important to me like you know it was so important to make the sale although i you know even back when i was 22 and 23 i'm sure i was nice at the merch stand i don't know why i wouldn't be but now like making the sale is the most important thing and i also when someone comes up to the merch stand i don't want i don't want them to think that i only want them to buy something like i don't want for a fan to feel that pressure of like oh so like i almost try to do the opposite where i make it comfortable even like even sometimes they'll say, like, it's, oh, you don't even, have, please don't even bother buying anything. Like, and, and I'll, and now, like, I've changed my my views and stances on pictures and, and autographs too, uh, for the most part. Like, I'll just take free pictures now and stuff just because I don't really need the money as much. Uh, I mean, I'll always need the money, but, you know, it's not before, you know, when I was in my early 20s, it was literally, I need this so I could pay my bills. And, like, I'm banking everything on wrestling. So, um, but you, by doing that you I think you build up a lot of good faith with the with the fans and with the with the customers, so
1: yeah, I mean, you're definitely not wrong because like I always think back to like if you were if you were ever like a dick to me when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't following you around uh hooking you up with free movie tickets as much as I would yeah. have
0: but i think I think that a lot as a wrestler is like wow well, like what would this person what does this person think of me like i I'm very aware of that. In my interactions with wrestling fans. And in the same way, I've also had where they are giving me a lot of horrible energy or talking to me about people that, you know, situations that really, they you know, really, really bugs me or or stuff. I check out a lot sometimes where I won't yell at them, but I'll just check out and I won't be interested in the conversation anymore. Or there's, there's really, there's a lot of bad fan etiquette too, which they don't know, but it, it's also... Uh, it's also bad social etiquette. Like if you're just, if there's a, if there's a giant line, let's say there's a line of seven or 10 people and someone's just going, so, and then they start interviewing you at at the emergency, which happens. And like, So then all of a sudden I make a move where like, Hey, I'm sorry. There's someone behind you or like, okay. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, okay, enjoy the show. Like, let's say someone's talking to me about like a, 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 my, my lawsuit or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, obviously have no interest in talking about that at the the merch stand. I'm just like, okay, thank you. Okay. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. And then I, I come, I become a little bit cold or whatnot, but I'm just trying to move them away and get that out of my, and then that's when they go on Reddit and they go on Twitter and they, Colt Cabana was a dick. They let I mean. the world know Colt Cabana yeah. was a piece of shit. And then people, you know, and I I remember a, a big thread about a guy. And I remember, the guy, I remember the guy's, the specific guy's conversation of how cold and mean he was. Uh, and it wasn't about that, but it was about something else. And I just remember him just being a real piece of shit. And then all of a sudden, he's just got like a major headline and he's just telling everyone in the world. And then all of a sudden, people are just like, oh, like, you know, that's how, I mean, that's how it's influenced. But it's almost funny going back to like, one hour teas is like that's how like a bad Yelp review like then yeah, everyone just
2: thinks that guy will never say oh i was a shithead yelling at someone they'll was, never say that i came in and i was nice and everything was wrong and then they threw me out
0: right i want yeah and that's the most important thing is like no one i don't think there's people those people who do that kind of stuff just aren't aware they're not self-aware right. but yeah you want them to there's so many interactions on twitter where i just want to be like you have to say to yourself maybe i was wrong maybe i was the shithead and uh, it just rarely, rarely happens. Yeah. So, but, so I'm not always an angel at the, at the merch stand. Um, but the, when I'm not, it's because people are idiots. Uh, and then those people, the, the idiots are the ones that uh, lead the
1: revolution online. <laughs> See, I always feel bad when like, people are stuck in situations like that. Like I know whenever we work C2E2, like last year with Marty Skrull, he had so many people there. And Marty is super nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's like super personable. And people just kept wanting to have these like long conversations with yeah. them. And he just kept going. And I'm like looking at this line. And I would be like, okay, sorry. We have like the next person. And like there was a few times where Marty was like, oh, like, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like I'd rather this person hate me and like You play the bad guy. I'll play the bad guy. See, you I'm too- pretty
0: I'm a pretty good rapper upper. Mm-hmm. That's one of my skills over the years at the merge stand is I I can get it to where like even where I could tell that they want to keep continue it, I just you could tell like, okay, this conversation has kind of ended. It, it can't go any further. There's people waiting, and I, I have a good—I have—I have a good way of talking to wrap, to kind of wrap it and put a bow tie up, and hopefully that they don't feel like I'm an asshole and they feel fulfilled within
2: the conversation. Yeah, because it's—we do a lot of meet and greets, and you'll see a lot of people that you know, like the rest of their meeting. That's like their whole world, and they're like, "Oh, there was this time I had, you know, stomach cancer, and you made me... And they're genuine moments, and they really want to share them with like their hero. But, you know, when you multiply that times like 350 people lining up, you got to move along a little bit, you know? I always
1: tell the story. That when the first time I met Kurt Angle, there's two women in front of me, just completely calm and cool the whole time. Like, And then the minute they get up to meet him, they both burst into tears, like full on just as you had just told them, like, hey, like your parents just passed away, like full on tears. And are like, thank you, Kurt. Thanks so much. Like one of them did like the bowing thing to him. And poor Kurt was just like like red like he's just like oh, okay he's like don't cry like it's it's okay and like I've, i just i felt so bad because like w- what do you do in that instance you know like there's these people crying and telling you like oh thank you thank you so much and aside from saying like yeah like you're welcome like and i appreciate you it's like I feel like maybe that's kind of like that, like that fan etiquette where you talk. And I, I mean, some people well, just—that's
0: okay. I think
1: I. That's happened to me. Where
0: I, yeah,
2: I, you got a bunch of super fans.
1: Yeah, I'll go around and
0: I'll hug them. That's not a problem. Like, I think I'll also now in this day and age, I'll like ask for consent for hugging, yeah. and I do like that. It's so funny. Like, 15, 20 years ago, you know, some people would just come up and kiss you on the cheek, kiss you, you know, slap your ass or whatever. And now, you know, in the last, I'd say, a couple of years, people will like. Hey, is it okay if I kiss you on the cheek? Is it okay I slap if I hug you? Yeah, may I slap <laughs> May may I let you sign my tits? Yeah, and it's like, um, which I, I when I'm in wrestling mode, I never really mind. Like in my head, like if I'm a wrestler and I'm being Colt Cabana, like in that instance, and someone comes up and slaps my ass, or even like even whatever, like I don't want to like grabs my dick or whatever. Like in my head, it's like I'm it's, I'm not even me, so it's not even real. Like right. it's just I'm this is a fake Colt Cabana wrestler, so I never get upset with it. But I think it's cool that some nowadays people will ask um but i don't mind uh going over and hugging someone and consoling somebody not at all uh but it can't be a 45 minute c- consultation right. but also i'm not uh kurt angle famous or you know i wasn't on tv yeah, for 15 you're years you're more famous than Kurt angle. exactly yeah. i'm more famous
2: how many kurt angle billboards are there
0: in
1: chicago exactly exactly see so you mentioned cole of the wrestler one of my favorite cole of the wrestler things uh that i've seen at multiple shows is when someone's on their phone, like in the front row, you will go and you will just take it. And there was like, it's just, it's the best. Were you, were you at the AEW yes, one where the I, guy
0: got super pissed at me? Yes, I was. And then tried to like, yeah, he he basically threatened AEW. And I was like, fuck, this guy has no sense of humor. Yeah, because. But he he was a guy who, and there are as a wrestler, there's people who just like naturally. And that was hard because with fame or with popularity, you know, for years I was just like, everyone liked me because I was this fun wrestler. And then the more you get up on the pedestals, you, people start hating you. And so that was a guy who just hated me. He's somebody who hated me just in general. And then for me to be a guy who does a thing to him from someone who he hates. How dare you.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, I'm always like a very big proponent of like, if we're at a wrestling show, you got to boo the heels and you got to cheer the baby faces. And so, like, when I. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, and he's very much, like, he was like that with other people, but whenever it was you, he was always kind of just like, like the boo-boo, stinky face, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, ah yeah. oh, come on, that's just, it's the best.
0: I didn't realize that until after that. I just saw a guy on a phone, you know, front row, literally on his phone for probably 20 seconds At that point, point, I was like, well, this is annoying, and uh, yeah, I think I got a wrestling show, anything goes. That's kind of my, <laughs> that's kind of like, my... Well, like it's
1: kind of like a dick thing, too, like, if you're in the front row, and you're just on your phone, like... It's the same thing, like, like, I've been to concerts before where, you know, you're kind of, like, up against the barricade, and, like, even if it's, like, an opening act or something, like, don't just fucking sit there, like, on your phone because... you're there
2: for a reason. Well,
1: yeah, like, especially, like, imagine, you're on stage, and you're performing, and everyone's kind of, like, into it, and there's the one guy just on his phone, it's, like, no matter how good you were, like, at the end of the night, you're gonna be like, what the fuck, like... Why was that guy just? Why was stupid? Michael do you in say the front this row? from
0: all your uh, your musical uh, concerts that you do? That no, you, but you know,
1: we, we did do one live show, and like yeah. that was the one thing just trying to keep everyone's attention. Yeah. I mean, you're probably just a fucking expert at it now. But we did a our live show at Vinny's Pop Up, and it was it was like maybe like 40, 50 people, and just like the whole time, just like man, I'm like. Like, I it was I, a little I, scary. I, yeah, it was a little scary because I'm like, I hope nobody pulls out like their phones and just like, fuck these guys. Shows how
2: bored they are. <laughs> they start getting up and walking out. Yeah.
1: yeah, I hope we did pretty good though. Not like, like the one thing I always love about like your guys' shows though, like when you and Marty uh do the commentary over bad, mm-hmm. bad wrestling or mm-hmm. just botch, botches. Yeah, just wrestling. Just wrestling. Like, it's always fun because it's always like so interactive. You know, like we, like I've been to wrestlers doing live shows and it's like, there's been some that have knocked it out of the park, and there's other some where I'm just like, all right, well, they can do
0: it in the ring, not so yeah, much on the stage. I'm like,
1: there's I'm like, there's 45 minutes an hour I won't give back. Right, but uh, like you've been doing those for how many years now?
0: Yeah, well, Marty and I did. I want to say the first one we ever did was at a. At one of the wrestle cons, the first, maybe even the first one, which was 2011 or something like that, and then basically we did those at some wrestle cons, and then I went over and did a show at the Edinburgh Fringe with Brendan Burns, and and it was just watching bad wrestling. We were kind of doing the same thing. It was a late night show. We did it 24 nights in a row in Scotland, uh, one August, and then that's where I kind of learned how to like unprofessional. <laughs> Thanks. Phone rings. My phone. Uh, that's where I learned like how to like develop the show itself with the clips, and when you do it twenty four nights in a row, you know there was clips and there was beats, and like you learned like oh you can't have like a nine minute match, and you know because we did that some of the nights, and then you just learn you take those from learning experiences. So it's like wrestling. Like I was able to wrestle a bunch of shows in a row, I, you become better. I was able to do this comedy show a bunch of nights in a row and 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 get better. And then the cool thing is, is then I can come back to Chicago and. Basically, because I'm, like, leading that show. Essentially, what we do is I have a computer. I have a bunch of these clips. We we, we play them, and then we do jokes over over the top of it. And so I could come back. I basically took a show that I developed with Brendan. Where, not where I developed. Marty and I were kind of doing something similar. And then, like, really, like, in Edinburgh, like, I learned, like, how the show really works and then brought it back to Marty so we could play with it when we would do it and tour it a little bit in Chicago. And then, you know, I've been doing that show at the Fringe for the past seven years now. So it's really, you know, I could, I could take it there and do it with other people. And then I can come back to Chicago and Marty and I can do it. And it's really, uh, it's honed itself because I've, I've got so many... Hours of doing the show. Yeah. So
1: when when you decide, and hopefully it's not anytime soon, when you decide to wrap up your wrestling career, do you think comedy's something you're gonna get into? Because I know you've done some stand up here in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't even know if it's like specific comedy. I think if I wanted to, if that was something I was like really, I'd be able to, I'd be doing it more. And uh, there's a little bit of fear that I don't do it as much. Um, but I go up sometimes. Mar- Marty will like get me on a show or whatever. Or I have some you know friends. I have friends in the comedy scene. But I I think at this point comedy is in my career that is i mean i consider myself a comedian as a wrestler and so i am a comedian so uh when the wrestling wraps up i'm still just going to be doing what i do just i won't be doing it physically in the ring but at this point obviously like you know the stuff we do the content i do and there's commentary and then there's you know coaching and producing and all that stuff so like i I don't know i'm not even it's not even something like i'm not even like worried about it which is the nice thing so i'm just letting i'm just
1: we'll see where it goes I want to see some more Coco acting acting. Like whenever you pop up on Woo. the on the Chicago PD, Chicago Fires, all those shows. Me and so Marty
0: like, were just up for the same role. He really? got, he, no, got really. he got a callback. I did not.
1: Marty's looking a lot like George Carlin these days. <laughs> With that hair going on. Yeah. Like I saw someone posted a picture from him at I think it was like one of the AEW shows, and I was like, No man, he's, he's got a look. He's going full Carlin now. <laughs> F C. Uh, yeah, well, uh so, We mentioned we partly talk T shirts. The one thing we do always kinda like bring up as it pertains to t shirts is just two basic questions. One is uh do you remember the first piece of I mean it didn't necessarily have to be a shirt, but just first piece of wrestling merchandise that you got? Like I always talk about how uh there was a Ed Guerrero I'm your poppy t shirt. Mm -hmm. That was like my first one, along with a John Cena. Uh, if you want some, come get some shirt that as a sixth grader, I didn't understand why everyone was like, tee hee hee, that's so funny. And I was like, what? yeah, the chain gang, John Cena. Right. Like-
0: so when I was a kid, my dad would take me to the shows, but he would, the, the t-shirts were too expensive. So I, I want to say like, I would go look at the merch and like, I'd maybe get the, the cheapest possible thing, which was like maybe like a cup or something. So I was never allowed to get a t-shirt. Uh, but I... You know, obviously, I had all the figures as a kid. I had all of that stuff. But the first shirt I ever bought was my we, when I turned 16, my friends and I were able to drive to wrestling. So there was a point where like, I would say 13 to 15 or 12 to 15 or maybe 11 to 15. My dad wouldn't necessarily take me to wrestling anymore. Uh, but when I became 16, I got my license. And then me and uh, some of my friends would drive there. And the first shirt that I got was um, the, the Sunny shirt where she had the cool cue through her tits. You remember that? Yeah. Sh- that shirts thing. Yeah. Um, and so that was, I bought that and then wore it to the school the next day. I remember. Um, and then I think I never wore it again, but that was the first uh, merch I think I bought like as a quote unquote adulter with my own money at a wrestling show.
1: It's always weird. We talk about like those old school shirts where it was just like, like just sunny like that. Or I think like even weirder ones where it's just like Kevin Nash, just a,
2: like a <laughs> or say big sexy yeah, it like like big
1: sexy. Yeah, it's just like a giant picture of Kevin Nash and like I can only imagine like being like like someone's dad and you don't really understand what your kids did, So they're like, I gotta have that big sexy T-shirt. Well, I do remember being in high school,
0: probably seventeen or eighteen, and getting the ECW catalog, and that was the first time where I was like, whoa, shirts are cool. And I think specifically it was the Sandman shirt. I think it was uh, Haru who designed it. Was that Budweiser one mm-hmm. from from Sandman? It's so cool. Years later, I go over to 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 Japan and Haru, not, you know, becomes a fan. And then I hook Haru up with Ryan. And then, you know, the guy that made those legendary shirts is now making shirts for pro wrestling tees, also. Um, but yeah, that was the first time. Those ECW shirts were fucking cool as fuck. I bought the EC the one with the barbed wire ECFW. I mm-hmm. bought that one. Uh, it was a couple other shirts I bought, but that was the first time where I was like, wrestling shirts are cool. Uh, I think when I, when I, cause I'm 39 when I was a kid in the magazines, like those were cool, I guess. Uh, and I'm talking about like George animal steel where his head is popping through or junkyard dog where his head is popping through the, O, or maybe the killer bees or, but those are only really cool cause those are nostalgic, I think. Um, and then there was a period probably when you're more familiar with of like that attitude area where they were just like, they were just churning these things out. And, um, but I, but I remember ECW. Like, I think took pride in their shirts to make could be because ECW is all based on like we're cool, they're not, and even their merchandise was cool.
1: Well, even like with you, like, and it's not just because you know you're here, but like a lot of your shirts are are cool. They're shirts that you can like wear out, and people aren't gonna like immediately know yeah, that's
0: all i mean something i've always prided myself on and, and some people just put out shirts to put out shirts and i've always wanted i've always wanted shirts that like you could just wear like an, as a normal human being and not be embarrassed to buy it's always been my like it's so important to me yeah.
1: I, I mean even us when we first started putting out like our own actual merch that was the thing we were like well w- we're not going to put out something that we wouldn't wear ourselves because right. like a lot of the times especially we don't see all the designs but like if I'm walking by like the giant conveyor belt in the back and I see some shirts, I'm like, there's no way this, you know, wrestler, this wrestler would be wearing that specific shirt, which I feels like a little disingenuous. You know I mean? If it's, if it's something like a, a a kooky catchphrase that like clearly this guy's going to sell X amount of shirts for just like this week and then it'll drop off and, you know, occasionally someone will buy it. Yeah.
0: Sometimes Ryan sends me some designs and I, and I feel just so bad because someone here has made it or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess put it up in the Pro Wrestling Tees store, which is the great thing about Pro Wrestling Tees.
2: Yeah, you can experiment.
0: Is you can experiment. But if you look at Colt Merch, which is my site uh, that I ship from my own house... I only have the ones that I really like, so you could tell the difference between ones on on pro wrestling tees and Colt merch on on the Colt on pro wrestling tees slash Colt Cabana. Are, if it's not on Colt merch, it's one that Ryan was just like, "Here, someone made this. I like it," and I'm like, "Well, I don't, You're but like, cool. just put it on." Yeah. Do you still sell those uh, the
1: work shirts, the Cabana ones?
0: No, I so those the, I used to sell like kind of like a gas station style t shirt, and um, God, I forgot his name, but uh, I, I want to say it was Manny, but I don't think that's right. Um but essentially uh that those so what I would do is I, I got a hookup with a guy from um from the flea market on Ashland and like 65th, like down on the south side, and he would uh he would meet me at at the at the Walgreens in Logan Square. Um and he would sell me tw- uh shirts for 25 cents each. And then okay. the work shirts for 25 cents. And I'd have to sort through them. Some of them had stains, I would throw them out. So I had all these work shirts. And then I would buy the patches. The patches were more expensive. One said Colt on one side. One said Professional Wrestler, and those were about two twenty five. And then I would sit there and I would sew the patches on myself. So uh, it got to the point where, and that's kind of like it's a lot of it's like where like I started like making enough money where like you know and, and I think the, the more you make, your hustle maybe gets a little less. And so that was at the point where I was like, I don't need to be sitting here sewing my own fucking patches on my shirts to sell uh you know just to make whatever uh you know I could I can I think it's time to like slow those down so I slowed I, I slowed those down but I mean forever like I think about my story and I will always think about meeting this guy in the parking lot of a McDonald's and like barely spoke English but he knew we had like a relationship like you know every couple of months like we'd meet up in that parking lot and I'd slip him whatever you know 85 dollars and and I would get 400 shirts for 85 dollars you know whatever it would be and you know it was a lot to him and it was a lot to and it wasn't that much to me but a lot of shirts so
1: there was I used to have just because they don't fit me anymore but i used to have like four maybe like five of them because there was one birthday where I was like if anyone wants to buy me one go to coltmerch.com and buy <laughs> me one of these shirts and I had like that that's just like what I would wear and my favorite part would be people would just they see the shirts so you think you're a mechanics and be like oh like are you you know how to fix cars and stuff I'm like nope not at all they're like but Oh, I can oh. put you in a figure four
0: leg lock if you'd like.
1: Yeah, I'm like I can do that. I can put you in a sharpshooter, yeah, yeah. Boston crab, but I cannot change oil. I still I still can't change my oil to this day. Um, but we'll we'll wrap it up with uh, the second question we normally ask like all the people is what's your favorite piece of wrestling merch like? Period. Yeah like ever made I mean obviously anything available at coltmerch.com or com slash Cabana. oh man
0: I don't know I mean these little these little fucking micro brawlers are cool like a lot of the stuff that Ryan does uh, my favorite piece of merch I mean uh, the LJN's is what I grew up with I hate to say mm-hmm. the figures but the wrestling figures and I have such a nostalgic memory of going to the Walgreens in Deerfield and seeing Snuka Iron Sheik Hulk Hogan you know I was probably five at the time and seeing and like I had loved wrestling and it's not like, especially at five, it's not like, A, like there's no newspaper. It's like, you just like, you love wrestling. And then one day in Walgreens, those things aren't there. And then one day they are there. And you're like, what the? These are so rad. Yeah. And especially at five, because those LGNs were so big. So a lot of like, a lot of my memory is just going. And then obviously later is just going to Toys R Us and like literally getting out of the car and running to the aisle, assuming that like I didn't want anyone even beat me to a a rare toy you know even in the time that like i walk i wouldn't walk to i'd fucking run to the fucking just in in case there was a, a rare like for instance like there was a coco beware that like i once found and so like let's say like i didn't run and someone else i'd assume was like trying to you know would be there and grab that coco beware so i had to be there really fast so those ljn toys are really like my favorite merch of all time um I'm trying to think otherwise. What what else like when I was a kid? The problem was like my, you know, like, my family was cheap and like, we. It's not like we didn't have money, but like, I just
1: I knew that like, well, we're not allowed to have like merchandise. That just wasn't a thing. I I can very much like relate to that. Like I I didn't get into wrestling until I was a little older. I was like 11, maybe 12, and I was I think I was like still playing with toys then and. I remember my uncle getting me like a bunch of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero figures, which I was just like, oh my God, because those are like my two guys. But my neighbor across the street, that kid was spoiled, rich, and he had everything. He had every wrestler, like the the steel cages, like the one that was like still like the blue steel cage and then like the other one. So he had everything. And like when I wanted to play with like wrestling toys, I would have to play with him because it was very much the same way Mm -hmm. where it was like, I had those toys because my uncle got them for me. Otherwise, I'd have to wait for like, my birthday or christmas and it was just like i'm like come on i'm like i just i really want like you know like a rhino or or whatever it is but so I, I can definitely much like relate with that where it's like unless it was like a special occasion yeah
0: although one thing i would say is when i when i worked in tijuana when i was like in my mid-20s i remember uh, at that point i had been i had seen honky honky tonk man sell masks uh at the merch table and make a lot of money and i was like it really sparked something in me i was like oh that's a great idea where do i get these masks from and then i found a guy and i would order from him online but then i went and worked in tijuana and outside there was them selling like all the lucha stuff and anyone's ever been to mexico like that's kind of like a thing it's just like all this like lucha hodgepodge just crap just around and i remember i thought that was a really cool sight of seeing all the lucha stuff out there in tijuana and then of course I offered to buy up his whole inventory <laughs> and I bought all the masks for really cheap. I ended up taking him back to America and, uh, you know, making my rent for that month by selling those masks. Uh, and then obviously in Japan at Totokan, there's all that merchandise out there. That's that's like the famous uh, merch store in Japan. And it's, it's, that was really cool. The first time I ever went in that store and looked around and saw all the, just the weird stuff. And so now in my house, I have like, uh, I started buying a bunch of uh, old vinyls, and I have like weird, like, uh, like and that was based off of the first purchase. I bought that Terry Funk um, album uh, that he made in 1983 and released in Japan. And they had it at the Totokan in Japan. And so I bought that. And then I started kind of a vinyl merchandise uh, collection, which I have.
1: I thought for a second, Honky Tonk Man was selling Honky Tonk Man masks. He would if he could. Oh, yeah. He,
0: but He's like, one of the legends. You know, Ryan, I don't know if Ryan gives enough credit. He was working the merch stand from day one trying to make that extra cash, you know, people talk about me, you know, like I said, me and M dog back cross and maybe, you know, hero, but before us was honky tonk man and uh Sal sincere, which would be, um, Tom Brandy. He was another legend. And a guy named Johnny Stewart, who used to kind of, he was uh, in the AWA in the heydays when, or not in the heyday in the low days of like barely ESPN. Johnny Stewart was like this brick Flair ripoff and he lives in Chicago. And, uh, he was doing merchandise stuff too.
1: I remember when you did the you did your live podcast with El Generico and uh, the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. who are Generation Me mm-hmm. at the time, I believe. And,
0: and you know who else was on that show?
1: Uh, There's two guys named
0: Keith and Tins. And now Keith, they did they did music. I don't know if you remember that they did Sexy Boy a live Sexy yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so Keith is now one of the Try Guys. Do you know them on YouTube? Mm-hmm. They're very famous. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's and he's um. And he was just on the show on Fox. Like, it was like, do you think you're a comedian or something? But those Try Guys, they're on BuzzFeed. They were BuzzFeed and they became their own things. They're like sensations
2: now. Yeah, they got like well, a big YouTube channel. It's gigantic. Well, it's even
1: kind of like the same where you, like, I remember I was like there at your table, just kind of just like talking with you and like Marty and like Generation Me, almost like no no line. There was really, like... There, yeah, there were know, scrubs at that Yeah, there were scrubs, and it's, like, I always think to that, like, and I've talked about it with them, like, with Matt, where I'm, like, it's, it's just so crazy to me how, like, in, you know, if you put put in that hard work, and, like, it'll pay off, because now, like, if you had them at Challengers now, especially, like, the the red location, it'd be, they'd be fucked. That, the white location? The original location. They have, like, the red one, and they opened up a new one. Oh, I didn't they know They call that. it... Yeah, it's, like, uh, somewhere near downtown, they call oh, it, okay. like challenger's blue or something like right, that. Right, but
0: now if I was on their show, their line would be huge and mine would be pathetic. So, it's fun how that works, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, let's,
1: let's it's true. It. No, that's not. I'm just saying I think it's yeah. cool.
0: Like it's it's I mean, it says more about them. Mine's kind of stayed stagnant where I would, you know, if I had 20 people in line then and they had two, now I'd have 20 people in line and they'd have 2,000. So, um, it's cool.
1: Yeah. Well, That wasn't self-deprecating. That was just like, i very humble of you. (laughs) But it's true, though. It's true. It's just the Cabana fan in me where I'm just like, no, (laughs) Paul will (laughs) have the biggest line. I will pull in people (laughs) off the street (laughs) and and make them buy a t-shirt.
0: I mean, I saw it happen and like I knew, you know, I remember being on a show it was called FWE in New York and the Bucks were starting to gain a little bit of buzz. And I just remember being like, showing them my wad of money and just being like, this is how it's done, boys. You got it. This is what you got to do. This got you do. And they're like, okay. And then I remember, you know, it probably was five years later, House of Hardcore in Australia. And I had a modest line, and the Bucks literally had, they were around the building. And, you know, I would say they made, like twenty grand every night, <laughs> like it was crazy. They just it, they were. It was at the peak of their whatever it was. I mean, maybe now was the peak. I don't know. But um, and that's where I was like, fuck, this is so cool. Like, just to, I literally I saw it happen. Like, I watched it happen, and, um, and was, so yeah, it's cool.
1: The Ring of Honor show that there was over here where you uh, wrestled uh, Yano. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like the first time, but it was like you guys wrestled. I remember Okada was on that show. I remember it was, like, me, Marty, Sarah, like, right when they just started Marty and Sarah, and, like, we're in line to meet Okada. Marty, who wanted to meet Okada, he eventually, like, got scared and just, like, ran off. He was like, he's like, I can't do it. He's like, let's just go. But we're there in line, and someone gives him, like, a Okada, like, a bigger bill, like, a $100 bill or something. And Okada goes, uh, one minute. With both hands reaches into his pocket <laughs> and pulls out like so much money and then he's like, uh, he gives it all to Ishii and like would I imagine ask him for change. Yeah. And or then, figure
0: out how to what the change yeah. correct yeah. change was. And he yeah.
1: goes he goes a little backstage area or whatever and he's kinda waiting and he goes, Uh, hold on, maybe I have and then in the other <laughs> pocket, again with both hands, yeah. just like pulls out and I was like, Man, this guy really is the fucking the rainmaker. Because yeah. it was just I was like, it's incredible. Yeah, I much- mean,
0: I I had days like that too. Not probably not to what he did, but maybe even like, you got to understand what, when when my podcast first came out. Like, th- at this time, no one was still like doing the merch like I was, and then all of a sudden, I had like gained all of these fans who like really, really knew who I was because of the podcast. So let's say like three years into, if I started in 2010 at 2013, when like it really like the merch stand wasn't like that ridiculous, but like I had three years of like all these people like learning my story and knowing about me and wanting to support, like knowing I'd been fired and like being like, they wanted to give me money. And at that point, like at the that was like the height of it 12, 2012, 2013. Like I would have that. I mean that the people were giving me money like that and it's a fucking, it's the best. It's so cool. It's so
1: fun. Uh, yeah, it's... Is there anyone left that you want to, like, interview? Because, I mean, you've... Yeah, Ryan. You've, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you've interviewed so many people, and, like, I've like I've been listening... You know, I've listened to everything. Everything, like, you've put out, mm. and, like, you have such, like, a... Well, when is this coming out? This one, Monday.
0: Okay, Monday. so, if you're listening this Monday, on Thursday will be a brand-new episode of The Art of Wrestling, uh, and there will be six new episodes... Two in January, two in February, and two in March. So I've already sat down and talked with six people that I hadn't talked with before that I really wanted to. And so I'm kind of doing it at my own schedule. But there were a bunch of people and uh and I did want to get some more people. So yeah, so there are okay, more people coming. Have
1: you gotten your white whale yet?
0: I don't know what that means. Like what's like, your
1: like your dream guest. Yeah, what's your
0: Oh uh, i I think I had all of like I mean I had more than like you know, because I started a Patreon, and, and I had to, like, put all the old ones. I basically put all the archives on this Patreon. And as I was doing it, I was just like, oh, my God, like, that was such a fun talk. Oh, my God, like, I can't believe I got to talk with him and this person and that person. So, I mean, I remember when I started it and, like, thinking, like, at episode 20, I was like, ooh, I think I ran out of people. And, you know, I ended up doing, like, I think it was 388, like, personal talks I had. So uh yeah so many of the i mean just the lit, just a I lot of me mean, for the old time it's like demolition smash and uh and and um i was gonna say uh jamie dundee and uh and uh, Mar, uh dutch mantel uh you know someone who i do want and i and i'm hoping to get him in this new batch is demolition axe who i've had a lot of like great conversations with but there's there's always gonna be a, a a nervous piece of me for some people not to ask them, and I always get kind of like nervous wanting to ask him to to do anything, but I know he would. He was on my mini one uh, when I was doing the kind of like the clip show or whatever. Uh, I asked him about different botches when it was before I went to Edinburgh. But I think he I, I think it, it's not just I think it's just important for a generation to know what he's been through and how much wrestling because he was the mass superstar before Demolition Acts, and he's just been, been through so he was one of the machines you know he's just been through so much and so I, I really like and he once said something to me this is crazy he was just like and I think he's like ah, you know I'm in my 70s now he's like I'm not going to be around much longer and like that really hit me I was just like fuck this guy's going to die soon he knows it and so like I, I kind of want to like to make sure that like his story is out there to the people that listen to my podcast because I know there's shoot interviews with him and stuff but like you know, like for me, I didn't like shoot interviews, but I like podcasts. So, like, I've never listened to shoot interviews, but I love listening to podcasts. So, there's people like that who don't listen to shoot interviews, but would listen to an hour podcast with me. So, uh, he's somebody I'd like to get out there, but he's not on the first six. And I'll tell you, the first, the first, the first guest is Will Osprey, who I had on, and I did that in, in Tokyo. So, if that's something you want to listen to, download the Art of Wrestling, and uh, you can listen to it.
1: Well, I, I, I can pretty much say that when I first started the show. I had two white whales personally. One was Kevin Smith because, like, upon discovering, like, not only what independent wrestling was, is like, I discovered what podcasts were. Because so mm-hmm. I just, I had no idea there was just like this whole immersive world of like podcasts. And it was like, you, uh, Joe Rogan, and Kevin Smith are just like the guys, like my guys. And in my head, I'm like, there's no way I'll ever be able to talk to Joe Rogan, like, unless this for some reason blows up and. You know who? Who knows? I didn't think I was ever going to get to talk to Kevin Smith, but I think, like, for Stankin, I, I can say like having Colt Cabana is like star white whale. All right, yeah. Well, All right. Well, he, to he was very pit. nervous to ask too. Yeah, very nervous to ask the whole time. Like, uh, uh, we'll you're my later. You're, you're my demolition axe. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Colt, where can people find you?
0: Uh, Colt Cabana on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
1: Oh, you're. Yeah. I yeah. Means me and Sarah Shock. You're having this conversation. You're Just like, started a TikTok,
0: and I love it. I love watching TikTok. Um, well, you're
1: very big into vine as well I like loved I, vine so to me this is the new vine
0: yeah. uh, and I feel I mean I feel like I'm really connecting with the youth of our generation <laughs> here now being on TikTok. I understand what they're talking about and all the memes and then I uh, go to my pro wrestling tea store Colt Camana. Right, and cool. see and,
1: and only get the ones that are on Colt merch also yeah, those are the ones you like <laughs> those are the ones I like <laughs> if there's uh, enough of an upward to you guys you can get them bring back those uh, those work shirts I'm pretty sure you still. No, working.
0: because you know I used to, you know the same thing with the headbands. I would come in and I would I would sew my own head. You know I used to sell headbands and I would sew them you know, myself. I,
1: when when we had like a button machine, you were in here. Like I think that's the one thing too where like people don't. I don't know if people know. Like you make so much. Like you yeah, at least do you used it yourself. To, very mm-hmm. do it yourself. Very DIY. Like I remember one time just walking into the kitchen here at work and there you are just sitting at the table, your headphones on, making your own buttons. Yeah. And like,
0: but now through the crate I don't have to make my own headbands anymore because he ordered extra headbands for me to sell so I'm very grateful for that and I recently I just took I just finished I, I, I was doing some tweaks to ColtMerch.com and I, I just took off those buttons they didn't sell very well and I don't know if I even pushed it but I brought them to those shows and they didn't sell really well so uh, I think that's the last of my DIY-ness I don't know if there's anything else that I really make myself I make my gear but myself but that's I'm not selling that well I am after I'm done there's a section on my website just to buy my gear if you want
1: I hear in Japan, they're, they're super into buying gear as well. No, not anymore. Gallows are in that for everybody. Goddamn the yeah. gallows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colt. He
0: oversaturated play- the market.
1: It <laughs> was a pleasure having you on. Uh, <laughs> thank you very yeah, much. Thank you very much for taking time.
0: Yeah, Adam. You're welcome. Follow me on TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you again, Nicole, for that interview. Oh, man. Yeah. He's always a delight. He's always a delight. And like listening to uh the episode with that he did with marty and sarah i was like oh man there was like there's there was so much more we could have asked him because it was funny because there was a little bit of overlap where uh if you haven't already go listen to last week now because yeah. now it's monday last week's episode of marty and sarah and there's definitely a few things where command is like oh i talked about that on bwt cast i talked about that on bwt cast which was like a nice little plug yeah um but yeah, I mean, Colt's definitely someone we, you know we'll have back, especially once we have like our nice studio. Set yeah,
2: on. and even so, he was very generous with his time. Like we were, we were kind of thinking, oh, it'll be like a little twenty minute. Yeah, it was thing. T-
1: full, about a full hour.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a good
1: convo. Yeah, gotta love Colt and yeah just him like especially when he said those nice things about me i was like oh, yeah. yeah i was like yeah daddy loves me the senpai most. noticed senpai noticed <laughs> yeah. uh so thanks again to cole and hey also thanks again to friends of the show um we had jesse stop by the store this week yep yeah he's always a delight jesse nice. he was yeah. in there for
2: the cubs convention and he got to see the uh taxidermy mice
1: oh yeah he i this is my new favorite thing i like Frank was in his office. Otherwise, I would have taken him to the office to see the giant green rat. The green rat. Yeah, Yeah. not even a mouse. That thing's a full-on rat. But uh, also, shout out to Drew and uh, I believe his name was Matt. Yeah, Drew and Matt. They bought two of our shirts this week. Nice. Yeah, we always appreciate whenever you guys uh, purchase our T-shirts from us, which are available uh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash PWTCast. Also, wanted to give a shout out. We forgot to do it up front uh, to the sponsors of the show. We have Freelance Wrestling. Uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you want to see the best independent wrestling that Chicago offers, hit up Freelance Wrestling. They're usually at the Logan Square Auditorium. Go to FreelanceWrestling.com for more info. And they also have a wrestling school. So if you're looking to get into wrestling, uh, Dave and I might jump in there at some point. Show them what's what. And yeah, you'll be my heater. Yeah. You'll be my Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we also have another uh, sponsor. It's M3 Toys. Uh, and they're actually they're running a little promotion right now.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, if you want to go to m3toys.com, uh, generously they offer 10% off anything on the site that's uh, pre-orders, that's stuff in stock online. Uh, just use code PWTCAST, that's P-W-T-C-A-S-T for 10% off. Um, and it also helps, you know, friend of the show, Stupid Michael, who yeah. runs m3toys. And, you know, his, his poor family. Yeah, his, his
1: poor wife, he's making work in that new office of his Uh, but it's pretty cool they have a lot of really you know really cool stuff up there they started adding some i saw those like NECA ninja turtles that they have up there yeah
2: it used to be mostly funko pops but Mm -hmm. now they're getting some NECA stuff they're getting a lot of really cool
1: yeah some cool like marvel Legends stuff he has like that uh what's his name star lord helmet
2: yep They got the the stark gauntlet
1: Mm -hmm. i think they have those new uh mandalorian figures yep yeah so there's a lot of cool stuff over there go ahead and check it out like it's dangerous for me walking in that office because i'm just like I, I want, want everything it, I want it. yeah uh, and then hey last but not least uh another our our last uh sponsor of the show hot, hot topic hot topic hot cool. topic joe gotta be tell you, you the guys, sweetest I'm, man the sweetest man i'll I'll tell this story and uh i'm sure he'll be blushing when he hears this but it literally warmed my heart yeah uh about like what two three weeks ago he reached out so he said hey uh what what t-shirt size is Vinny?" friend of the show Vinny he's a former guest as well he's like I want to send him some shirts I'm like oh he's a he's a medium you know okay cool and then it was like earlier in the week maybe Monday uh like I, I I'm the one who receives all the packages as far as from UPS so there's this big box that says Vinny and I'm like oh this probably Vinny's shirts so I walk it over there I give it to Vinny and he's like what's what is it? this he's like what's this I'm like oh, it's for you bud open it up and he looks at me like I'm like fucking with him and he's like all right Opens it up, dude. Hot topic Joe hooked him up with yep. some horror teas, and I it was funny because I, I text Joe I was like it is literally like those videos of those little kids opening up Nintendo sixty yeah, four for 64 Christmas. Yeah, sixty four kid. Exactly what that like he was just like what the fuck, and you know we've talked about before on on here. Hot topic Joe's you know he's hooked up your daughter, he's hooked up yep. me with all my beautiful fucking like, Jane son and Bob merch. So yep. shout out to Hot Topic A Joe. Beautiful soul. We can confirm we will be recording with him. On the cruise. Yeah. That's the one guest will... He's our twofer. He's our twofer. Yeah. It was it was so much fun last time, and there's been a lot of, like, really cool shit that's happened since then and now, so it'll be fun to get talked to him. Yeah. Hey, I don't know about you, but um, I had a lot of people this week uh, sending me this very specific article about Watchmen.
2: Oh, yes. Um,
1: yeah, so for those of you unaware, uh, David and I had a, a Watchmen podcast this summer. Basically, yeah. Where, yeah, if you listen back to any of the older episodes, you know, Dave and I loved us some Watchmen. We uh, we loved the show. We you were know. pretty hooked on it. Yeah, and we were talking about it, like, day to day. I know Vivian, friend of the show, she was like, oh, I'm going to start watching it. Vivian, have you caught up yet?
2: Yeah, it's about time you have.
1: Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's also my favorite thing on the show is talking directly to her. Yeah. Love you, Vivian. Um, But, yeah, the show's not coming back for season two, which is... It's a little bummer.
2: Yeah, I mean, on one hand, season one, a lot of people had different viewpoints on it. I personally loved it. Um, and I think sometimes I like, I don't want to spoil anything, but he kind of left it on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I like that. I, I like being able to imagine, oh, what happens? But like for something like this, they did it so well. And they called it season one that you're like, oh, I can't wait till season two and now there won't be one well we also like so far
1: don't know for sure like it might be just hey right now no yeah but later i mean it's like with wrestling never say never could be you know remember even early before that in the very first few episodes uh i was fucking going off on rants about sony and how dare they take spider-man away from us and there's
2: and in front of the show kevin f called us and said
1: he said, we worked hey, it out. Yeah, he said, "Hey, we worked it out. It's all good." Yeah. Uh speaking of Spider-Man, did you see that Morbius trailer? I did. Thoughts.
2: So, I love Jared Leto. I didn't like him as Joker cuz I'm a big Batman and Joker fan. Um I thought this was good. Um there's a couple little quibbles, but um like one, I don't think people are clamoring for Morbius. There's so many other villains. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's probably like 14th on the list
1: yes definitely yeah
2: um but with what they gave him he did a great job i'm sure he's got a lot more meat to sink his teeth into pun intended uh than the joker stuff and hopefully he wasn't doing weird shit on the set like sending bloody bats to people and stuff you know maybe he learned his lesson
1: i just hope that it's not like the venom movie like i didn't like I love Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is someone I'm always campaigning yeah. for. I've been campaigning for him as Wolverine for years.
2: Great Wolverine, he would
1: He'd be. be a great Wolverine, you know. Yeah. But Venom, I just.
2: <laughs> you know what? I will say that really annoyed me. Two things from the studio that brought you Spider-Man oh, yeah. Homecoming is you
1: didn't bring shit. Yeah. So if you see the Morbius trailer, and yeah. for those of you unaware, Morbius Uh, the living vampire Morbius the living vampire set in the Sony verse of the Spider-Man universe Uh, so they released a trailer earlier in the week and the fucking balls on these guys it's like and you see it in every preview you know Uh, from the studio they brought you this and brought you that yeah they have from the studio they brought you Spider-Man homecoming Spider-Man far away from home and it's like no 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 no. No, no. you guys brought us uh Venom yeah and Spider-Man... Uh, you
2: sat at the Thanksgiving table. You didn't cook the turkey. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Spider-Man was taken care of by uh friend of the show, Kevin, Kevin F. F. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I saw that. And, yeah, like I said, hey, it was cool seeing Michael Keaton at the end. Yeah. they are def- I, And I've seen rumors of J. Jonah Jameson being in this, so... Yeah. It,
2: so that, that ties it to the Marvel Spider-Man universe. But then eagle-eyed viewers saw, you know... Morbius walking past a Spider-Man poster that said "murderer" on it, but it was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and furthermore, it was a screenshot from the Spider-Man game on PS4. Like, like when there's a loading screen and you're wearing the Raimi suit, it's that Spider-Man. So it's like, how do you how do you fuck that up? Yeah, it was, I don't know if that was a fuck up or what.
1: Yeah, very very confusing. I. I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, like I've said, kind of like this and with like Black Widow, I'm not going to rush the theaters to watch. No. But the one thing I am going to rush the theaters to watch is that uh New Mutants movie. I, I, was, I was in the first trailer and I saw this new trailer and... I didn't see the new trailer yet. Is it good? It's good. Yeah. And if they find a way to tie it into the MCU, I will be glad. And if they're not tying it into the MCU... I hope that this is a self contained one shot story. Right. And that it's done very well because we you know we saw with like Joker, uh, Oscar nominated Joker. It that, might clean up. Yeah, that you can do that. It's fine. I'm a, like, I would prefer that they keep those because I really like all those actors, you know? Yeah. I'd prefer they somehow bring them into the MCU, but.
2: Yeah, I've always been a big proponent of, especially with like comic book movies, like. It's There's one shot comics. There's stuff that doesn't make canon sense, and but like you can make a great movie and a singular story, and then just make another one with a different person. You know, yeah, yeah. That's so.
1: what they did in the nineties of uh, Batman.
2: You don't got to worry about continuity errors and stuff. But we'll see. We'll see if that's the yeah. way studios are going now.
1: Well, we'll wrap up movie talk with Scrump and Stink. A t shirt available over at ProWrestlingTees dot yes. com forward slash PWt guest uh, with the news that they are doing a National Treasure three. Yes, Nicolas Cage and Jerry Bruckheimer are coming back.
2: Oh man! And did that excite all your molecules? Oh my! <laughs> He's
1: like, "Did you see?" And I was like, "Yes." Yeah, I, I, dude, I love those National Treasure movies. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says; they're like,
2: great for what they are. Yeah. You know.
1: yeah, they're like,
2: you don't need a Schindler's List every movie you watch.
1: Exactly. No, it's like it's fine. You
2: need fun stuff.
1: It's fun. and It's just. Seeing Nicholas Cage figure everything out, like I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Nicholas Cage and Brendan Frazier to have their PCO run <laughs> for for those of you wrestling fans, you know, get their yep. second win and just fucking start killing it. Um, so I'm hoping that happens with both of both of those actors pretty soon. I keep telling Braden Harrington, like buddy, we need to start a uh, Nicholas Cage is. Brendan Fraser podcast because Brendan Fraser is uh,
2: he is a national treasure. He is so. a
1: national. Treasure. He yeah, well, I yeah. think he might be Canadian. No, Rick, nonetheless he is a national we treasure. Him. Uh but speaking of national treasures with the uh with the Chicago very strong Chicago podcast connection that we had going on this week we figured we need a we need to call in reinforcements. Yes. We have a very very popular and it's funny cuz through through this purse through Kevin Aldridge who composes uh fan of the week yeah. we met these or it's just all connected. Yeah. We all know each other through.
2: It's a very incestuous relationship.
1: Yeah. But, uh, we have Marty DeRosa and Sarah Shaki. of Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling this week to feed fan of the week. And, uh, I played it for you earlier. Oh week. dude, I was laughing. Oh, it might be my favorite. It's the like, best one. Yeah. Right. At, it's like theirs. And then the one that cousin Jeremy did the five, oh, yeah. the five minute one that cousin Jeremy did, uh, for the, Oh, what was it? It was like NWA, like yeah. rant about Jim Cornette. I
2: mean, those two really set the bar for, uh, fan of the week performances
1: yeah and hey listen we're gonna be around a lot of people this weekend so maybe we can pick up some more fan of the weeks uh but this one's one of my favorite ones i love when this theme plays shout out to kevin aldridge it's very hummable yeah it's it's my favorite thing ever um so let's go ahead and get right to it this week's fan of the week discrump and stank i'm riding today to be the fan of the week your services suck my order is fucked place this morning i'm freak i hope it keeps you awake you ain't ever getting heart steaks
2: Signed your fan of the week have a nice day
1: friends of the show marty DeRosa and sarah shackey from marty and sarah love wrestling here for this week's fan of the week
0: Marty will be playing the role of Pat from Parts Unknown, and Sarah will be playing the part of Pro Wrestling Tee's customer service supervisor, Maggie. Comment, where are the t-shirts featured in
1: your ad with PWI on the front, and the shirt is a solid color? Hello. Thanks for contacting us. All the Pro
0: Wrestling Illustrated shirts can be seen here, linked. All of them besides the ash gray one are solid colors. Please let me know if I can help with anything else, Maggie.
1: There's no such thing as a 19 99 shirt unless that 19.99 99
0: includes the postage to send to me.
2: The t-shirt cost does not
0: include shipping. There's an additional shipping charge if you would like the shirt shipped to you. If you have any questions, please let me know. As I mentioned previously, $19.99 for a shirt
1: is an outrageous ripoff. All of the stores set the prices for their shirts.
2: For example, PWI set the price for their own shirts, but $19.99 is the standard.
0: I am a veteran of the United States Navy. You realize, of course, Maggie, that you've ruined my Christmas.
2: Merry
1: Christmas, buds. <laughs> <laughs> have a nice day thank you again to marty and sarah for that like i just the best the best you know i i love them so much like
2: and the way they did it it's like the theater of the mind i could see them
1: mm -hmm. well (laughs) that was was the thing like sarah was like send me a script and it was very bare bones when i sent because i'm like these two are they're pros they're pros they're super creative they will. They will add their own touch, their own flair on it. Yeah. You know, like I, w- I wouldn't come up to you, Dave, and tell yeah. you how to design a shirt.
2: No, you wouldn't tell an artisan how to use his paints. No, no,
1: not at all. Uh, so thank you again to Marty and Sarah. It's been a very fun, very fun uh, episode this week. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's down to the wire now for yeah, us.
2: We we got to get ready. We got to start packing.
1: Yeah, we got to start packing. I don't. We don't know if you're gonna have frosted tips or not. We'll have to wait for. Yeah,
2: I haven't decided still.
1: Listen, I am, I am your partner in this. So I'm in this support podcast. I'm going to support you. What, regardless? I kept telling him like you should just dye your whole head. Like, could you imagine? You show up to the airport with like so, It takes uh, so long with just like silver hair.
2: Well, one of my original plans was I was gonna I was gonna pull a taffy uh, front of the show from Hot Topic. I was just gonna do all cotton candy, blue and pink. But they were like, it was gonna take your hair because it's like jet black hair. It's gonna take like seven hours to do. I was like, oh, I didn't have enough time, but
1: one day goddamn, damn. Hey, Jericho Cruise Three.
2: Yeah, one day me and Taffy were gonna be twinsies.
1: Oh, oh I got it. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh well all right. Thank you everyone who's who's stuck around. Um and again you know Dave and I we do this every week we if this is your first time listening uh go leave some feedback you know you can go to iTunes uh we're on social media you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at pwtcast uh we're only 25 episodes in but we have a nice catalog uh back catalog of people that we've had on include Zack Ryder Kurt Hawkins Ethan Page Effie, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse. Swoggle Swoggle Marty and Marty DeRosa Sarah Shaki John Pollock and waiting, Braden Harrington. We've, uh, we've masked quite the, and Hey, we've also have people here at the shop. You know, that's the thing we, not only do we talk to people involved in wrestling, we talk to people here and yeah. you know,
2: people very near and dear to our hearts.
1: Go listen to that, uh, cousin Jeremy episode. You know, that's one of my favorite. I, so we, hilarious. we love cousin Jeremy here. Uh, I guess a little spoiler when we start doing some more, uh, like stuff in the studio, we're bringing cousin Jeremy on Yeah, as the, you know,
2: he's already agreed to
1: it and even if he didn't We're I would, making him. yeah we would make him do it because he's just that nice of a person that he would volunteer his time um but man I've run out of things here to say at the PWT cast
2: yeah me too I gotta get ready to uh ship off so
1: I still gotta go pack <laughs> let's see if uh, I'm not up at 11 still packing we'll see alright guys well I've run out of things here to say uh so for the PWT cast I've been scrump and this is Stank and this is friend of the show Kenny Omega
0: Kenny Omega here friend of the show We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. bang. bang.